What a rich vein of scripture we've struck in our readings and in our choir anthem this morning. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. From Psalm 121. From John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Our first lesson reminded me of something that my brother-in-law told me a few years ago after he and my sister and their five children moved to a new house about seven miles from their old one. Local move. How did it go, I asked. Never move, he replied grimly. <laughs> and he was in his early 40s at the time. Abram was 75 when God told him to pull up stakes in Haran, in what's probably in, probably in what's today southeastern Turkey or northern Syria or Iraq, and set off for an unspecified location. He didn't even know where he was going. The Lord called Abram out of his cozy home and away from his kindred in order to bless him, to make his name great, and so that he, Abram, would become a blessing. Following God's leading is what brought Abram and his family from Haran and Mesopotamia west to the land of Canaan, to the shore of the Mediterranean Sea, roughly where Israel and the Palestinian territories are today. Years later, it would be from Canaan, Abram's destination, that Abram's great-grandson, Joseph, would be sold by his brothers and taken as a slave further west to Egypt, to where his family would eventually follow him. And if you'd like to learn more about that odyssey, the Canaan to Egypt one, you can do that at our midweek Lenten services here each Wednesday at 7 p.m. The Lord chose to bless all the families of the earth through Abram and Sarai, later known as Abraham and Sarah, and through their family. Abram trusted the Lord and his promises even when they seemed incredible. And, says Genesis 15, verse 6, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. In his letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul quotes this verse in Romans 4, verse 3, which is part of our epistle reading today. Paul uses it to make the point that no amount of adherence to God's law and no amount of good works on our part can make us righteous in God's sight. For we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It was by faith in God that righteousness was reckoned to Abraham, and the same is true of us. We cannot make ourselves right with God only by faith in God the Son, Jesus Christ, can that be accomplished. Believing in him and baptized into his death and resurrection, God clothes us in his own righteousness. It's not our righteousness that justifies us in God's sight, as if baptism were such a good work of ours that it would outweigh all our sins on God's scales of justice. That's not how it works. Baptism is God's work, not ours. And 
is that in which we receive faith as a gift in Jesus, as a gift of the Holy Spirit. The righteousness we receive by faith is not ours, but God's, which he confers on us as a gift, not as anything that we've earned. Forgiveness of our sin, our existence justified, everlasting life with God in heaven, these are not rewards for the good we've done, but gracious gifts of God, despite our unworthiness. They are why we get out of bed each morning and face each new day with hope, despite our sinful nature and our fallen world. We trust God, in the, who in the waters of holy baptism has drowned the old Adam within us, our sinful nature, and has given us a new life in Christ. Daily, he claims us as his own, renews our faith, and as spiritual descendants of Abraham, makes us a blessing to the world. Holy baptism is a rebirth as a child not of sin, guilt, and wrath, but as a justified, righteous, and beloved child of God. So if someone asks you if you're born again, don't hesitate to say, absolutely, of water and the Holy Spirit in holy baptism. Now faith is not just a means by which God makes us a blessing to the world by doing good works. Faith is a blessing in itself. It motivates good works by which we bless our neighbors. But even our very best works pale in comparison to the blessing that God bestows on us as pure gift. Making our neighbors aware of God's grace is one of the very best ways that we can bless them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This good news is a blessing to hear and to share even if we've heard it many times before. We need more often to be reminded than informed. One thing that makes me sad, and something to which I've been prone myself, is people who know and believe the good news of John 3:16 and 17, but still behave as if because they're sinners and will inevitably make mistakes, as if people are a net bad influence on the world and the world would just be better off without them. So to us misanthropes, God says... You know what? The same thought crossed my mind in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 7 in the story of Noah. But no, creation was not a mistake. Instead of destroying it, says God, I redeemed it. And my promise to Abraham, Abraham was part of that redemption. I made a bona fide sinner like Abraham into a blessing to the world. It's the same Abraham who on two separate occasions claimed that his wife Sarah was not actually his wife but his sister, causing other men to act on that false impression. So God says, if I made Abraham a blessing despite his sins, I can make you a blessing too despite yours. 
So stop cowering. Stop acting like a helpless victim. You're baptized, you're redeemed, you're forgiven, and you are loved. And so, like I told Abraham, says God, get up, go out, and go to the places and the neighbors that I will show you to bless them. Even your mistakes and your evil deeds I can use for good, as I did in the case of Joseph. Now, that's not an encouragement to sin, but to get out of the fetal position, paralyzed by the knowledge that you're a weak sinner. I know that, says God to us. And as I told another notorious and yet redeemed sinner by the name of Paul, a.k.a. Saul, who persecuted the church and then became an apostle, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. What good news that is. What a privilege. What a reason to get up in the morning and face the world with hope and good cheer, despite what's happened in the past and the challenges ahead of us. What an encouragement to know that God uses us to bless the world. None of us can do everything, but each of us can do something. Many of us can do more than we think, and some of us need to learn how to say no. One size does not fit all, and God gives us as gifts as well, and God gives us gifts as well as friends, relatives, fellow parishioners, and pastors who know us to help us to discern how God uses us to bless the world, how we can cultivate those gifts, and where we can put them to good use. Thanks be to God for his gift of faith, for Jesus, his Christ, by faith in whom we receive the righteousness of God, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. And thanks be to God for redeeming us sinners and making us ambassadors of Christ, that we might bless the world that he so loves.